Welcome to Informed Aging, a podcast about health, health, and hard decisions for older adults. I'm Robin Roundtree. I spent six years as a family caregiver and now work in the senior care industry. With me is my co-host, Edith Gendron. She's the Chief of Operations for the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center, a Positive Approach to Care certified trainer and consultant, and a former family caregiver with over 20 years of experience in the industry. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast belong to us, not our wonderful employers and sponsors. If you want to get mad, get mad at us and not at them. Before making any significant changes in you or your person's life, please consult your own experts. Today, we're continuing our conversation with Dr. Leslie Laws, a certified mindfulness meditation teacher. She's devoted more than five decades to studying the wisdom traditions, psychology, literature, yoga, and meditation. She taught literature and creative writing at the University of Missouri, Columbia, and then at Rollins College and holds a PhD from the University of Missouri, Columbia. In our earlier conversation, we were talking about meditation, but now we're going to dive into the practice of gratitude. And Leslie has created a journal called, we call it TIA, right? Uh, Thanks, Intend, and Ask. Leslie, could you talk about how that works into a quick morning routine? Yes. And how that can set the tone for the day? Yes. I'm a huge believer in what I call foundational practices. And if I... As I have over the years done, I've done workshops in foundational practices, and my coaching emphasis is on well-being and what are the conditions of mind and the structures of living that we need to develop in order to create this concept of well-being, of wholeness, much more aware of things that begin to change as we age, as we go on down the path of life. And so this is this foundational practice that I teach is a system of, a, it's a combination of several different practices that I think are necessary for well-being. And this foundational system is workable for any age, any physical a person with any physical disability. It doesn't, there are no excuses that you can give me for why you can't do a foundational practice every morning or or at, at some point in the day. And the foundational practices have to do with getting plenty of sleep, getting plenty of water and nutritional food, getting plenty of movement, and spending time in silence, contemplation, and meditation every single day. And so I created for my students, uh, for my clients, I created a journal. It's called the TIA Journal. TIA is an acronym for thanks, thank, intend, and ask. And so I have done many workshops at ADRC for um, helping um, students, uh, helping people adopt this journal practice, which is very simple and very short. So one of the things that we talk about a lot in the meditation world is gratitude. And gratitude is the first element of this part of the contemplative practice that I think is necessary for everybody to incorporate into their foundational practices. Really, I consider a mindfulness and 
gratitude to be two sides of the same coin. And so it, they just, they flow so naturally into each other. And so I ask my clients to spend just a few minutes every day making a list of four or five things that they are grateful about that from the day before. So what happened? What kind of conversation did you have that was lovely? Or what compliment did you get? Or what did you do that you felt really good about? Or what did you see? Was it a lovely pot of begonias that, you know, arrested you at one moment in your your walk or or whatever? We know, again, the research on gratitude is actually more uh, developed than is the research on meditation, and it is profound that the simple practice of making a list, you don't have to write a journal, you don't have to write an essay, you don't have to do anything cumbersome, just make a list of the things that you ju- that just warm your heart, that make you happy, that make you feel alive, that make you momentarily aware and present. And you will find one of the things I always say to my students, because eventually it comes up, people say, I'm, I find myself I'm writing the same things. Is that okay? And I go, absolutely. Whatever is really coming up to you. And, and I say, I would be embarrassed if people saw my gratitude journal because my dog Dash mm-hmm. is on top of my list almost every day <laughs> because she's curled up right next to me. I look at her little face as she sleeps, and I she does these little puffy things with her mouth when she's Aww. really in a deep sleep. I just adore this. I'm one of those little old ladies that is in love with her dog. That's but okay. It's okay, and I put her on my list every time I have that feeling. So what we're trying to do when we make a gratitude list is we're trying to reframe the mind toward what the Buddha called the beneficial qualities of mind. And we're trying to replace the unbeneficial qualities of mind. So I don't know how many of you listening out there get up in the morning in a state of anxiety, already thinking about your to-do list, already worried about how you're going to get things done, already mad at somebody. If you have a TV and listen to the news, you probably are mad at somebody. Right. But what we're trying to do with the practice of gratitude is a very ancient practice. It comes under the heading in the in the Buddha's discourses called the Four Efforts. And that's just a practice where you recognize when you're having a negative thought and you try to replace that negative thought with a positive thought. So gratitude sort of is a, you know, it's a process by which you try to head off that that process of, of negative thinking before it even gets started. Rick Hansen is a researcher, a uh, uh, the neurosciences, and he uses a term I love. It's called the, the negativity bias. He says our brain is like Velcro for bad things and and a Teflon for good things. Mm. So think about that. We our brain just latches on to the bad things that happen to us, and we become consumed and want to share them or complain to them. And the good things that happen to us seem to sort of slide off like they slide off of a Teflon pan. 
And so we know that we have this brain that is wired with this negativity bias. It actually is a very ancient part of the brain that was necessary for survival, if you want me to get into talking about Paleolithic man and why he only survived because he had this negativity bias. So we still have a negativity bias for us today, even though we're not running from tigers on the you know, the savanna, or we're not uh, trying to avoid tar pits or fend off uh, evil uh, tribes that are trying to take our supply of meat. But we still have that wiring in our brain that we now have the capacity with this wonderful prefrontal cortex that we have to actually override that bias. And this is what the practice of gratitude does for us. It helps us override the tendency that our brain has to be negative, to see the, the worst in things, or to see the problems, or to be that worrier. We all know, we all have that ant mm-hmm. that just worries about everything incessantly. That can change. And this is one of the things, the messages that I want to bring to the workshops I do and the talks I'm asked to do and the teaching I do with my own clients is to keep, I keep reiterating this notion that we can override many of the processes of aging that we've come to assume are just natural. It's just what happens. And I'm here to say, no, do not fall into that mindset or you will continue to go down that path. All right. We're going to dive into that because now I'm all in, but we have to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Senior Helpers is the only home care agency offering a revolutionary new way to approach senior care, the Life Profile Assessment. This data-based app is a crucial tool in helping seniors age safely and successfully at home. Combined with our proven in-home care programs and trained caregivers, Senior Helpers Life Profile is leading the way to better outcomes for our clients. For more information, log on to SeniorHelpers.com. And we're back with Leslie Laws. We've been talking about the practice of gratitude and how it can influence our aging and our response to the body's changing. Ladies, tell me more. One of the things that um, Leslie and I end up doing together a lot is make connections that other people might think, how did Edith get over there? But here we go. Here's a connection. Okay. We talk about gratitude. We talk about um, strengthening our brains. We talk about this mysterious sense of well-being. But we aren't the only ones talking about that. Atul Gawande, the neurosurgeon who is very well known for many of his books, one in particular on being mortal, he talks very specifically about medicine in the late stages of life, if you will. And it's all centered in that sense of well-being. So you need to be able to define your own sense. And I found that a pretty pretty tough thing to do. Mm. What matters to you today? Day. What makes you want to get up today? And what do you need today to make this the best day you've had? So th- all of this comes full circle. All of the techniques and the skills that you can learn. And trust me, if anybody can learn, or excuse me, if I can learn to meditate, I mean that sincerely. Anyone can, because I have the proverbial chipmunk brain, right? Mm. It's jumping all over the place, and part of the strength of that is why I make good connections. The other part of that is why, you know, I 
run off the road. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm off the road. Um, but anyway, I just, when, when we keep talking about the sense of well-being, I wanted to kind of draw that in. It's not just a personal sense of well-being. It's directly related to health. It's directly related to decisions we may make later in life. My sense of well-being depends on these factors, and everybody names their own factors. And when those factors can no longer be achieved, we may want to make different decisions for ourselves. So it can get pretty serious pretty quickly. So if you get the diagnosis that's a bad one, you need to know what matters oh, yeah. so you can decide from there what treatment plan. Correct. Right? Correct. If you don't ever want to feel bad, then you're going to maybe make right. a decision rather than the person who wants to live to 100. Right. So, yeah, those and, are... Right. And particularly in my mind, what not to do. You know, right. I teach our workshops, our people in our workshops to say, ask, what happens if I don't do that? Right. right. So, but anyway, um, I just wanted to say that I find the, the journaling very, very important. But then, you know, I love to write anyway, so look out for that. But uh, I'm going to stop again, chattering Well, away it's, and- yes, everything is so, this is why Edith and I are such a good team, because yes. we just really are on the same path here. And uh, it's just such a joy to always to work with her and to talk with her. Um, I want to add, because she was mentioning the research, I want to tell our listeners about a a book, a very accessible book. It's not a research study, but it's based in research by Arthur Brooks, just recently out. It's called From Strength to Strength, colon, How to Find Happiness, Passion, and Purpose in the Second Half. Of life. Mm. Arthur Brooks is a, a social scientist, a brilliant man. He writes for the writes a column for the Atlantic Monthly, and he also has a podcast on happiness. I'm not going to remember the exact name, but his podcast on happiness is just awesome. And he's very much focused on the second half of life, the, what the research shows us. And bringing, then he brings together the, the practices that we can do and the research that he's done and his colleagues have done as social scientists on the second half of life and what are the actual things we can do. This is one of the worst things I think that can happen to us as we begin to go down the path of life. And that is to assume that this is the way it is and there's nothing I can do about it. Yep. If I get a negative diagnosis or if I get a bad knee or if I get a, you know, a congested lungs from COVID, I mean, I have all of those things. I have all of those things. And I am not stopping. I am continuing more than ever to maintain my foundational practices that keep me on track to be the best I can be. Now, am I going to be what I was when I was 25 and started this journey? No, I'm never going to be able to do the yoga that I did when I started doing it. So I, I really recommend this book for anybody who's over 50 because he so beautifully consolidates the, the, the big components that we need to pay attention to, and gratitude is one of them. So you will just see any time, I mean, 
it, you would have to be living under a rock not to have the concept of gratitude right. come up in whatever you are reading, whether it's the New York Times or the local newspaper or um, uh, slick magazines or what whatever. It's just the buzzword. Uh, these days. Well, Oprah certainly put it into our brains. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. We'll be back with more from Dr. Leslie Laws right after this. For over 37 years, the Alzheimer's and Dementia Resource Center has served as a central Florida-based grassroots nonprofit and community resource center dedicated to providing support and hope for families and individuals caring for someone they love who is living with Alzheimer's disease or other dementia-related illness. The ADRC empowers caregivers with the knowledge, support, skill, and strategies through a variety of programs to help them confidentially prepare for the challenges that lie ahead. To learn more, visit their website at adrccares.org. That's adrccares.org. Now, I I want to explain to, to, again, the doubters out there. Um, if you practice meditation and gratitude, that doesn't mean you have to wear Birkenstocks. So it, you can be that business professional, Absolutely. you know, going to work on Wall Street, but your yeah. focus will improve. Am yeah. I correct? Absolutely. And one of the things I say to people, actually, the Buddha said this to his own um, monks that when he started teaching, is see for yourself. Don't take my word for it. Don't take Arthur Brooks's word for it. Arthur Brooks will tell you that the research is definitive on meditation, that everyone should take up a meditation practice. Don't take anybody's word for it. I say try it yourself and see if you don't feel better. Even within a couple of months, you will begin to recognize a level of focus, a level of calm, a level of receptivity. Let's just take a look, and, and I'm soaking in all this information, but how we can give me five minutes a day mm-hmm. that we can take all that you've said mm-hmm. and put that into steps that I can follow. Mm-hmm. So I've got my first cup of coffee in me. I'm going to find five minutes. Mm-hmm. Two of that can be meditation, mm-hmm. and then three can be gratitude. Well, I, I would say get my journal because it's okay. designed to do that. So you start off with meditation, okay, and you do your meditation. You open your journal. It's one page. It's one short page. It's not even a full eight by ten page. And you have a short space with about five lines to write your thanks, your, your what are you grateful for. Mm-hmm. Then you have another five lines to write your intentions. Now, here's where the intention part is so important because this is where we get into cultivating the beneficial qualities of mind. So, so many of us left just to our own workings of the brain, the overloaded brain in our contemporary world, we... We begin our day with thinking about the problems we have to solve today. What are the issues that I have to overcome? Who are the people I have to deal with? Or what are the tasks that I need to get done? And the intention section of this journaling process forces you to say, who do I want to be today? What do I want to offer? What how can I be of benefit today? 
So it's designed, and there's a very short introduction in the book that explains actually the components. Mm -hmm. And then the third section of the of the journal is the ask section. And this is where I really ask people to call upon their faith or their connection with whatever version of higher power. And I say, submit, surrender, ask for the help you need. What, what, what are you having trouble overcoming? What, just, what is the issue that just keeps being in your face and being in your face? You're not big enough to fix Mm. most of the problems that you have. And I really recommend a foundational practice that allows us to surrender to some, whatever version it takes in your life, the higher power that is equipped to deal with those problems. And the name of the journal is? Is the Tia Journal. You can get it on my website. Okay. It's just Leslie Laws. That's L-E-Z-L-I-E-L-A-W-S dot com okay. is my website. But you know, you don't really need to buy the journal. You got just enough of a taste of it right there in what I said. Or email me and I'll, you know, give you a little bit more, you know, explanation if you want. Or one of these days, maybe we'll do another TIA workshop at ADRC. But, um, you know, there, and there are many journals. There are many forms of, of starting your day at the highest level of consciousness that you can Embody, which is why I had the first cup of coffee. Exactly, <laughs> I always start with my bulletproof coffee. Absolutely. So get yourself settled with your coffee or your cup of tea, and then start from your higher self and what, how you want that higher self to unfold as this single day. We're just talking about one day, and this is the way you begin to build a really secure sense of purpose in your life you know by by do by doing this practice one day at a time first and eventually it can evolve into planning for more long range kinds of intentions that you have all right so let's say somebody's going i don't know if this would work for me i'll give you 30 days mm-hmm. 5 minutes a day mm-hmm. what benefits do you believe they will find in their lives on day 30 or day 2 well, for one, I think there will be more pleasure in your day. I'm, I don't think, I know, there, if you do this actively for 30 days, there will be more pleasure in your day. Because one of the things that happens when you start making a gratitude list is you start looking around. You start saying, oh, look at those. When you see something like a pot of geraniums that's gorgeous, you go, oh, remember that? That's going on my gratitude list. Mm. When I have a beautiful encounter with people, I can't tell you the number of times I've said to people, you're going on my gratitude list tomorrow morning. And I want that. That's another form of gratitude and intention right there is to just share with other people. This has been meaningful to me. I'm grateful for this help you gave me. And I'm going to record it tomorrow morning on my gratitude list. You will find that generosity of spirit makes you happier. Being willing to look for the good things in life instead of the bad things in life makes you happier. And I don't know about you guys or about our listeners, but I believe that ultimately being happy is what we're all after. Mm. We go about it in some really not-so-healthy ways through drugs, through alcohol, through 
purchasing, through a, a myriad of ways that we think if I buy this car or live in this house or have this degree, I'm going to be happy then. And of course, we know many, many stories of people who've climbed the ladder of success, mm -hmm. thinking it's going to make them happy, all, all to find that the ladder was leaning against the wrong wall. That's a Stephen Covey <laughs> reference, if anybody out there knows Stephen Covey. So we want to make sure that the activities that we're doing are sustainable and that they bring a deep and abiding sense of well-being into our lives. There are many, many other benefits I could go on about, but those are in 30 days, that's I pretty much can guarantee okay. that will happen. And that and that person who's holding all their stress in their jaw, do you think that will decrease in just five minutes a day? Well, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> well, I am a doctor. You I'm are. A, I'm a doctor of the heart. Um, but I don't know about that. That's okay. a good question. I, I'm sure the research has something to say on okay. length of time. I'm hesitant to say 30 days. I don't want to guarantee people and then and have it be disappointed. But uh, the one thing I can say is, as the Buddha said, try it for yourself. And really watch. Really pay attention to your body, to your mind, and that sort of, as Edith said, she's got this very active brain. I have many people that come to me and say, I can't meditate because my brain is just too busy. And I say, well, welcome to the human race. <laughs> Everybody's brain is too busy. That's why we all need meditation. You are perfectly normal if you have a hard time sitting still. Tell us again your journal, the name of the journal, so we can find it. It's called the TIA, spelled capital T, capital I, capital A, the TIA journal, and you can find it at on my website, that's lesleylaws.com, Leslie with a Z, L-E-Z-L-I-E. Wonderful. We have learned so much from you today. Thank you again, Dr. Leslie Laws, Doctor of the Heart. I love that so much. And, and we really appreciate you being on Informed Aging. Thank you so much. It's been a joy. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast, Informed Aging, and tell your family and friends about us. Instagram and Twitter, we're at informed underscore aging, facebook.com slash informed aging. And if you need to reach us, email informedagingpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was recorded at Digital Broadcasting's podcast studio. That's all for now. We're looking forward to our next visit. <laughs>